The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. On that evening of the first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is referred to as the birthday of the church when on about 120 of the early disciples, including the 11, perhaps the 12, Mary, the Holy Spirit descended and powerfully transformed them, right? Prior to this, they were afraid. They were by themselves. They were isolated, confused. And when the Spirit descended in power, represented by both fire and wind, they became courageous and bold, went out in public and proclaimed that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is risen. And those images of wind and fire are used throughout scripture, and we in California know how powerful fire and wind can be. And many forest fires, as they swept and spread rapidly and powerfully by the wind, transforming the face of the earth. God's Holy Spirit, fire and wind, can move as powerfully, but making the earth better. And that's what happened. And in the Acts of the Apostles, we read of how that early church grew. Some theologians like to say that it's not so much the Acts of the Apostles, but it was the Acts of the Holy Spirit working through the Apostles that caused that church to spread and gave great witness. And like I spoke of last week, the early church did, from a group of a very few, become two billion Christians in the world 2,000 years later, transforming the face of the earth and converting or overthrowing, if you will, the Roman Empire. It spread powerfully and quickly. And it's spread by great miracles and signs, like we hear in the first reading, 
when the disciples started to preach in different languages so that the whole world could understand. You know the church still speaks in all languages so that the whole world can understand in the different countries, in the different languages the liturgy is celebrated. But also through exorcisms, through miracles, through raising people of the dead from the cures and powerful and bold and prophetic preaching. But you know what? As impressive as all those are, some scholars will say that that's not what caused the church to spread. The early Christian community, some scholars will say, and I tend to agree with them, spread because of the witness of transformed lives by the Holy Spirit. People who lived according to one way of life or culture turned that culture and that way of thinking upside down. And the early church was known counterculturally for its care for the sick. In a time when pandemics, and we can relate to, were rampant, people treated the sick like lepers. But Christians ministered at the bedside to one another, risking their lives. And that gave powerful witness. Christians cared for the poor. Oftentimes, it was thought that the poor were not even cared for by God and that they should be avoided. But the rich and the poor lived together, and the rich shared their wealth with the poor. Another thing scholars will say that is often overlooked is the inclusion of women in roles of authority and leadership and prominence and respect in the early Christian communities. It's all over the scriptures, their important role. But of all these things, there's still something else that was great witness. It was the unity of the community. Right? Jew, Gentile, slave, free, woman, man, rich, poor, healthy, sick, powerful, peasants. That unity amongst the community People who are diverse, yet united by the one spirit, gave powerful witness that this community was different than anything that is of human origin. And it was the spirit bringing people together. And when there were divisions, it was the spirit that encouraged them not to hold grudges, not to be tough and say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, but to forgive and reconcile. And so this community, united by the Holy Spirit, gave powerful, powerful witness to the world. And everyone saw that. And many were converted. And they were converted because they opened their hearts to that same Holy Spirit that united that community. And that Holy Spirit is still available. In today's world, we think that this Pentecost only happened 2,000 years ago. But the recent history of the church 
the early 1900s, the beginning of Pentecostalism. I know as we as Catholics don't always embrace that. But the Holy Spirit powerfully descended upon a house here in Los Angeles. And there was a 10-year-long revival where people spoke in the Spirit, prophesied, gave testimonies, healed one another. 24-7 for almost 10 years. Revival on Azusa Street. Then in the mainstream churches in the 70s, the 60s, Vatican II Council, the charismatic movement. Even today, the new evangelization. I believe a powerful force going through our church, recognizing the role of the Holy Spirit in making disciples of Jesus, that yes, we must catechize and educate, but it's more than that. We must encourage people to open their hearts to the power of the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, who is the advocate and the guide. And so I'm proud to say that you don't know this, but our church has been working with the Los Angeles Archdiocese for almost the past year now. And a group of leaders are being trained in some of the ways of the new evangelization, and we're working on a plan that will be unveiled over the next few months. I'm slow. Sometimes it may take six months. But I would like to say today is the beginning. Feast of Pentecost, when the church gathered. And a question that comes to many people's mind when we read these scripture passages, it is on the day of the resurrection that Jesus breathed his Holy Spirit into the apostles. And they received the Holy Spirit. And the symbolism is when God created humanity by blowing his breath into the earth creature. So too, Jesus blows and breathes the breath of the God, the Holy Spirit, upon us and recreates us. And so if we receive the Holy Spirit on the day of the resurrection, what happened 50 days later on the day of Pentecost? Which one is when we really received the Holy Spirit? And I believe the answer is both. Because the Holy Spirit isn't something we just one time receive. There are constantly fresh anointings of the Holy Spirit in our lives to give us gifts that are suited for what today's needs are. And when the community gathers, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are more abundantly bestowed because the gifts are meant to build up the community. That second reading, each is given a different gift. Remember, it was the unity of diversity of peoples that gives the great witness. God gives each of us different gifts and talents so we will be interrelated and be forced to work together because love, the power of God, needs a beloved. And it is our, our relationships in the community, working together, reconciling, caring for one another, that we give the greatest witness by the power of that Holy Spirit. And so, often in our lives, through prayer, one another, husbands and wives praying with each other, praying with family, God wants to bestow more gifts on those communities to unite them and make them witnesses of his love. And as we grow and mature and gain greater natural talents and insights, just like 
Many people bring an item to Father Paul or Father Carlos to bless it. We offer those gifts newly developed to a new and fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to be commissioned for God's work. And so over and over, the Holy Spirit continues to shower upon us its power. You know, we sometimes think of those early disciples as privileged. They lived in the time of Jesus. They lived in the exciting time of that early church. But you know, I've said this before, the Acts of the Apostles, if you read through it, sounds so miraculous, you wonder, why doesn't that stuff happen today? But I believe strongly that if you take any single church and write the history, the Acts of that church, including, I would guess, the Acts of Our Lady of Guadalupe, you would find just as many miracles, just as much evidence of the Holy Spirit working through God's people to build up the community and give witness. And so today is the day the Lord has made. Those early disciples were indeed privileged to live and see the Lord and receive that first spirit. But today we are just as privileged because God put us here at this time, in this place, because there is work to do. As the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is sending us to transform the world, to be open to his gifts, to give witness to his love by how we care for one another, the poor, the elderly, the sick, the infirm, the outcast, those we consider our enemies. It is by our unity and our love and our care, united by the Holy Spirit, that we give witness. There's a ministry that calls themselves Acts 29. You know the Acts of the Apostles ends in chapter 28. We are writing the next chapters of the history of the church. And it can be and is meant to be just as exciting as chapters 1 through 28. I would like to invite everyone, if you wish, to stand. I'd like to invite everyone to stand. It will be our prayers of the faith for our profession of faith. But I'd also like to take this opportunity at Pentecost to invite you, if you wish, to put your hand on someone that you came with or love, on the shoulder. And just right now, we'll pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And if there's anyone, most of you can stay in your pews, but if there's anyone who feels that they would really like a new anointing of the Holy Spirit and ask God and recommit their lives, they can come forward. But I'd like to pray. Just pray like that early church when they were gathered in faith, but also confusion, doubt, and fear, that the Lord anointed them and the Holy Spirit came down upon them with fire and wind. It transformed them and gave them greater faith, gave them courage to speak about what they have encountered from God. Lord, so we ask that you increase our faith, that you give us courage to more faithfully live our faith in the world, that we may better love one another, care for those who are put in our path to be cared for, that we may share our gifts with others and accept the gifts of those that you offer us, that we may give witness in our families and in our homes and in our communities, that you may powerfully anoint each person here and together us as a church. 
help us to follow your Holy Spirit, to be open to that Spirit, to be receiving gifts that you wish to give us at this time. And I just pause and ask you in your hearts to pray and open your heart to that Holy Spirit who wants to give us gifts and a fresh anointing, a stirring up, a renewal of our energy and spirit, our faith, hope, and love so that we may give better witness of his love. Holy Spirit, the breath of God given to us through Jesus, the breath of Jesus. Breathe your spirit upon us, Lord Jesus, as we encounter you in the church, in the scriptures, and in the Eucharist. May you give us a fresh anointing of that Holy Spirit that we've received. You give us additional gifts so that we may serve you. Whatever it is, Lord, you have for this church over the coming years, I powerfully ask that you bless those that you wish to give the gifts to so that they may share them and build up this church in the power of your love, in your spirit, in your fire, flamed by the wind of the Holy Spirit that it may become a powerful force in this neighborhood. We ask these things through Christ our Lord.